Good morning, everybody. This is uh, Kevin and Rob on the Monday Morning Mortgage Podcast. Just want to kind of give you a quick intro and update what to expect on our new upcoming episodes and the episode today. Um, how we're going to do it is kind of give you a few topics in regarding to what is prevalent in the mortgage market and the real estate market in and of itself. And uh, can I talk to you about uh, some things about the market and what to look at at and uh, current events. So today we're kind of hitting a few different things. For the first, Rob's going to be covering some first-time home buyers. So anybody looking to buy a home now or recently into the future, please listen up because if you haven't done so, he'll get, he's going to give you the lowdown and uh, kind of go over some more things about the mortgage process itself because I know it's a very vague process and sometimes you don't really know going in um, how long it's going to take and that be something we kind of go over. So we'll kick it over to Rob and we're going to talk about some uh, things to do when you're becoming a first-time home buyer. <clears throat> Well, thanks, Kevin. This is Rob. Um, just a little bit about me. I've been doing uh, mortgage loans for about 15 years, um, so I've seen it all. I've seen it from the when you had refinance booms to now where we're just in a little bit more of a purchase market. Um, the most important thing to me about first-time home buyers is understanding what you qualify for, right? And it's very difficult for a new consumer. Um, first and foremost, you have to speak with the lender. Um, get your credit pulled, let us take a look at your financials and uh, so that we can determine which route is best for you, all right? Because it's not necessarily a one-size-fit-all for anyone. Um, you have some people who are self-employed, some people who work at a company who maybe are W-2'd, but that's why you leave it to the professional to try to look at your financial situation so that we can determine what's best. Um, also, a misconception out there is that you have to put down a lot of money there's so many different programs now with government grants so that in essence you can actually buy a property with no money out of pocket. Um, there, the government has been very aggressive about trying to find pockets of the community that they can help and help underserved individuals and families. Um, typically the first time home buying process is pretty simple in the beginning. When speaking to a lender you will gather documentation such as W-2s, check stubs, and bank statements. Very, very simple. The lender will assess that information and then at that point the lender will render their decision as to if they can get the process done or the loan done for you. And from there, uh, it's pretty simple on the, bar, on the buyer as well again because as a company, we at Bank of England believe in taking on more of the onus and responsibility for the process. Um, every bank is different. Some banks ask the consumers and the customers to have to um, do a lot on their own. We try to take over the process to make it as easy and seamless as possible. There's so many programs that it's very difficult, obviously, Kevin, for me to go over it two, uh, in, a, in four to five minutes, but the reality is the most important step is connecting with one of our professional loan officers here at Bank of England so that we can then, in turn, um, get you into the best situation. And once again, just in closing, there's so many different government grants and options where most people don't believe that they can qualify, even with lower credit. There's so many different options for them. And we take great pride in helping people uh, become first-time homeowners. Absolutely. And just another thing, too, is just when you become a first-time home buyer, uh, one of the big things is how do I find an agent and does the agent, do I have to pay them a fee or anything? Well, just put it this way. The seller signs a listing contract with the listing agent and agrees to 
three, four, five, six, seven percent, your buyer's agent's fee comes out of that. So you don't have to really worry about that. That's something that's kind of get built in. And if there is a little um, processing fee when it comes to the agent, you know, most of the times the seller can cover that, and it also can cover the closing costs um, to help you at least feel a little more comfortable with it. On the next topic, though, we're going to give you a quick market update. Denanet, denanet on the uh, market of the mortgage. So, um, new home sales uh, last week did hit the highest seasonally adjusted. So, anybody looking to buy a home, that's usually a good indicator that prices will kind of be on the way up. Um, they have drops. Um, so, they did hit the highest since January 2007. So, you want to throw out that fax, realtors, the highest since January 2007. That's 12 years. Um, and in 2000, 2007, it added about a million homes being built a month. Now it's kind of right down to 650 at its high. To show you something in, in mortgage delinquencies, um, you know, 4%, it's kind of low since 2005. Something else that came out CPI. What is CPI? It's Consumer Price Index. That is the inflation rate. It kind of measures how rates are going. Lowest in about three years. So rates kind of restrictive, and what does that mean? That means rates are most likely not going up too much further. And without further ado, let's give you some quick rundown on the rates. Conventional rates are kind of averaging between 4.625 to 4.75 for good borrowers. FHA, 4.5 to 4.625 for good borrowers, and the same with USDA. Um, if you're a doctor, a nurse, police, or firefighter, um, when you get a conventional loan, through us, the Bank of England, we can get you down to about 4.5. And more importantly, the mortgage insurance will be lower. And that's on the next episode. And the VA, you're looking at about 4.5 to 4.625. And when you have different qualities in the state of Ohio, you can get down to 4.125. And now, see, for your down payment assistance, as Rob talked about earlier, um, for conventionals, it's 5.625 with no money down and 5.375 for government. But we'll kick it to this next topic and get you some current events. Rob, how about this? Article came out. Freddie Mac. Seniors are to blame for the housing shortage. 1.1 million homes held off the market by owners that were born between 1931 and 1941 and another 550,000 between 42 and 58. What's your thought on that? I definitely think that um, that's hurting the market. It's, it's pretty obvious. And this is something that if I were a realtor... I would be putting this on all my listings. This would be something that is very important to help people understand and also help those seniors to understand that there's affordability in maybe going with a uh, condominium somewhere where you can have senior living that's a little bit easier to maintain while also having the affordability that's much cheaper as well. Absolutely. Bullets born material. Here, hear this out. Bullets born material. You can find that on Market Watch from uh, Andrea Riquier. Um, it's right there. And another one. It's not getting any easier to buy a house. More Americans may just give up. And it shows that between quarter four, which is the end of the year in 2017, to quarter four, 2018, 24% of people were looking to buy a home. Prospective new home buyers dropped to 13%. And even Kevin, to touch on that, and to be honest with you, I think this is why it's so important for so many of uh, not only just realtors, just consumers to understand with the products that we have available here, it makes these home buyers have the ability to purchase homes when they just don't understand or just don't realize that they can because so many people are dealing with banks that don't have these programs available to them to get into properties where they don't have to have any money down. 
Yeah. And the last article I want to cover, man, that's that, Rob, you hit that on the head. Landlord-tenant relationships are changing because of Airbnb. And now I know a few of you have talked about, if I buy a property, what do I do? If I have an Airbnb to be able to, to rent out my property, um, is my HOA going to allow it? Is my, you know, my neighborhood going to allow it? Well, this basically kind of goes over that not only are people that buy properties doing Airbnb, your renters are actually renting an Airbnb, which actually opens up the market for investors. Thought that was pretty interesting and something that definitely went hit the nail on the head. But just want to kind of move on. Um, Rob and I are going to talk about the mortgage process. I'm going to kind of give it to Rob to start it off, um, kind of how to start to finish what it's about. And, uh, you know, just we're going to start about the application and kind of have him walk you through it. And then, you know, I can kind of talk about the back half of it. But, you know, Rob, why don't we talk about the uh, start of the mortgage process? Because a lot of the people on this first call are going to be home, first-time home buyers, And, you know, any of the realtors that kind of want to know about our process, we can kind of talk to them about it. Sure. So I'll tell you a little bit about my uh, personalized process and how I go about it. So I will speak to a client, um, take an application, typically over the phone or online. Um, once I'm able to determine if they're, they have credit worthiness, I will then verify their documentation, be it W-2s, check stubs, tax returns, to ensure that financially they qualify. So let's assume that customer A qualifies for everything that we are trying to give them they meet with a realtor, they sign a contract. This is where it gets very important and for any realtor that may be listening, this may be more about the realtor than the consumer because you have 30 days from start to finish on a contract. Uh, where most realtors often get to the point where they can't understand the banking aspect and how <clears throat> these alone may miss a contract or um, the process may not be as smooth. This is what we do here at Bank of England. So. We have a requirement that within the first three days of receiving a contract, that loan is to be on our processor's desk. And then what does it entail? That is, you've already qualified them with their credit. You've already gathered the documentation from the customer that's needed to sit in the underwriting, be it W-2s, check stubs, bank statements. You have the contract as well as title information so that you have a ready-made file to get to underwriting. The reason why those three days are important is because you, if we take out, if we take four weeks and we take two days for each weekend, you're losing eight days right there. So 30 days immediately goes to 22. If we deduct those three days, we are down, now down to 19 days from start to finish. We still have to order an appraisal. You still, there's so many things and the underwriter still has to approve it. So time management is the most important number one thing that we that we preach here on the underwriting side and the processing side as loan officers because where most loan officers or the banking process seems to be flawed is the inability to time manage so the mortgage process for us is initially we're going to send you an email we're going to ask for a lot of documentation but it is so important or we're going to communicate that over the phone but it's so important that we ask for maybe more than what you will need in the end because we don't want to be the bank that comes back to you two and three and four times asking our client for things. We want to ensure that from the very beginning we overpromise or we underpromise and overdeliver. That's just extremely important for us as a bank. So the mortgage process to me is all time. <clears throat> I am looking at days. Days begin to supersede the actual process because if I am meeting my checklist on time 
as well as communication. And I'll, I'll end with the communication part because for us, every single three to four business days, is it, it is imperative that we reach out to not only our realtor, but the customer to ensure them and help them understand where we are at in the process. So we automatically have that built into the time allotted for the process just so that we have communication. And even if it's nothing more than just saying, hey, here's where we're at on this, just wanted to let you know we have an approval, whatever that is. But Kevin, you can lead yeah. um, anything that you may feel in addition to what mm -hmm. I've already expressed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it, what Rob said is, is pretty much time management. From your perspective as a buyer or even as an agent, kind of preparing your clients to kind of just know, hey, listen, we're going to talk to you. We're going to get you an application, and then we want you to deliver the documents to us. Whether that be you come into our office, you fax the documents, you mail them, or you just scan them and uh, get them to our secured email. Um, again, everything's got to be secured because, you know, with the bank banking industry, you do not want documents floating around. Um, at that point, usually we get a pre-approval um, and get, kind of get the underwrite, whether it be to be determined. And what does that mean? That means you have gotten completely underwritten from an underwriter, and all you have to do is basically find a house. And from that house, you'll be underwritten a little bit differently, and you will get an appraisal. Um, but also, before you even get the appraisal, um, you, we do want you to get an inspection. As Rob talked about, you know, sometimes we lose days because before the appraisal is done, we have the inspection, and we just we cannot waste time. Um, but you know, once you do get the house and the contract to us, we usually get the, the t final loan terms disclosed and signed and locked to you, unless you're floating your weight, your rate, and, uh, and then we kind of decide the loan type. There's plenty of different loan types, <clears throat> whether it be a VA, which is for veterans, um, FHA which is if the house cannot go conventional due to certain repairs or conditions, or if your credit is under a certain circumstances that may be a little bit lower than excellent or good or great. Um, and then, you know, or conventional where it's a little bit easier with the appraisal, but sometimes the standards are a little bit higher in terms of the loans. Um, but everybody's different and sometimes, you know, different, you know, different rates and different uh, programs are better. Um, and then kind of, we just go over additional paperwork that we get from our processor and underwriter. And luckily, um, we are given, gifted by having good processors, and that's an integral part. Um, so if you do get an email stating loan processor, please respond to them um, accordingly and know that they are part of the support staff. Whatever mortgage company you go with um, or loan officer you use, that's going to be an integral part to their process and making sure the loan closes fast and quickly. And then you get the initial closing numbers if the appraisal and everything checks out with the loan and you got an approval. And then we finally will get you the final closing numbers officially. You'll sit down with a closing agent, the title company. Now, closing agent is somebody that will not be us, um, but will be part of the title company. Um, and then obviously when your loan does get bunched up, some of them get sold off, some of them get controlled by the bank. But in final prospect, we're going to go on for the mortgage process. I'm going to tell you about myself and tell you about Rob. He's going to tell you about himself a little bit more, kind of get back on the story. I um, got an industry um, you know, about five years ago. Um, one reason I love it is because the amount of families I help, um, you know, is incredible. Sometimes, you know, nobody's actually owned a home in their entire life. Their family has never owned a home. It makes them cry. It makes them happy. Um, they may have kids. They may not. puts them in a better financial situation than if they're running. And, uh, you know, also for if you, somebody's refinancing, you know, to just get them out of underwater or if their credit was bad because because they had issues with things in the past. That's what really brings joy to me. 
and resounds upon me quite a bit. And Rob, you can kind of give a story or two that what's really helped you and kind of give a background about yourself. Sure. So I came into the industry, as I said, as I explained earlier, I got in the mortgage industry close to 15 years ago. Um, <clears throat> when I got into the industry, it was a little different than it is today. Um, it was a huge refinance boom. Um, <clears throat> the opportunity to help people, help lower their interest rates, help them get cash out to consolidate uh, bills, that's initially what kind of got into me. I studied finance, so the ability to crunch numbers, it naturally fit what it was that I like to do. Um, as I grew in the industry, um, it became more about purchasing properties, connecting with realtors, and uh, the, the industry kind of shifted. But the thing that did stay the same is, same as uh, Kevin said, it was more about the clients, more about helping people. Um, you have to be a servant in this industry. If you're, if you're a self-servant, if you're self-servant, it's just not going to work out well for you. But if you're a servant of people, I think is where you'll find that you'll go to the next level in what we do. Uh, because that is honestly what it's about. It's, it became imperative to not only help the realtor have a good experience, but most importantly, the client. You wanted them to, to, because so many people have so many misconceptions about what our industry is or what it takes to qualify for a loan, I wanted to be the type of individual that was able to help people understand that. So just a lot about me is the same. I think Kevin and I, the reason why we can do this podcast together is because we have a lot of similarities when that comes and we're both athletes, play collegiately. So if you really dig into our background, you find that we just come from that family atmosphere um, as well as being leaders. Right, and that's why it's always important to make sure you vet the people you work with, um, whether you work with us or somebody else super important because you don't want to have somebody that's going to outrageously charge you believe me it happens um you don't want that to be the case but everybody hopefully our episode wasn't too boring give you some informative things to do um on our next episode coming next week uh, we're talking about some down payments which we touched on earlier how to save on the rate um and the mysterious mortgage insurance which kind of is hidden a lot of times you will never see that until you see the apr and breakdown um helping your credit and then choosing the right agent and that's very specific to a lot of people how do i get the right agent i don't want my family friend i want somebody that's going to work for me negotiate and make sure i either sell my house at the top dollar or give me the right price in the purchase thanks guys and see you next week